0: I was looking for acceptance, and the drug crowd accepted me. But where those drugs led me was being drugged, raped, and humiliated. Real life starts now. This is Real
1: Life Radio Show with On Leigh. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt... Dear. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There was no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution, God. Hope is a person and his name is Jesus. And now your host, on Le. Hi, this is Evangelist on Le. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show, where we're going to talk to real people who had real problems but found answers in a real God. Today, we're going to talk about how the pathway to drugs will always lead a person to a dangerous place that they never thought they would ever be. In the famous story of Pinocchio, we see a wooden boy wanting to be accepted into a world and following the world's doctrine of unlimited pleasure. And I think that movie really relates to mankind today because there are all sorts of things that are temptations that will lead us to something we never thought we would ever go through. Drugs is one of those temptations that though you may have never experienced that, you're going to hear from Catherine Wissenand, who became a drug addict through peer pressure when she was younger, and it led her to a horrible destructive pathway where her life was brought forth into horrible situations. Catherine, welcome to the show. Thanks, Ann. It's so good to be here. Catherine, it's amazing to have you on the show today. And I understand your experience with darkness was very unique and that your story sheds a lot of light about how the things of this world can really destroy someone's life. And I know that for you, there's something, you know, really serious you're going to share with us just to prompt the crowd. So let me know about your upbringing. What really left you vying for acceptance from others? Yeah.
0: So when I was six months old, my mom had some mental health issues and she went into the hospital for a year wow. and I was left to go live with strangers. So this gave me some early childhood trauma in my mind that maybe isn't even fully conscious to me. Mm. And on top of that, we moved multiple times. So every time I started to get comfortable in a new situation, we would move, which caused me to really feel insecure and I was always kind of a nerdy, awkward child that didn't really fit in anywhere. Yeah. And on top of all of that, my sister was like popular and really good at making friends. And so I wanted to be like her, but she also was kind of mean to me and made fun of me and oh. didn't like it that I would follow her around. It was just really hard for me growing up.
1: Wow. And so she's making fun of you at the same time. So it's like making the cliff even sharper because like, I want to be like her. But then at the same time in front of everybody, she's making fun of me, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And it's really sealing that I'm not being accepted identity in your life. Wow. So very young, you learned about getting acceptance from others based upon your looks. Where did that come from?
0: Yeah. A big part of that was magazines, Mm. you know, the magazines that they give to teenage girls where they show, you know, these really perfect looking women. So I always thought that I had to be like that. And my mom was kind of very into health and wellness because she's a dietitian. So that added to it. And then my sister, like I'd kind of mentioned, was just really good at making friends. And
1: she was attractive, like to what the world said.
0: Yeah, she was. I always thought she was prettier than me.
1: Oh, oh, oh and man. And so I,
0: I thought, yeah, I had to be like that, too.
1: Got it. Now, I understand your mom became a Christian and you were an agnostic. And you actually mocked your mother's Christianity at that time and other Christians. Tell us about that real quick.
0: Yeah, so my mom always went to church. She loved God, loved Jesus. And I didn't think that it was possible for a person to know what was actually true about the world. I remember my mom had this sticker on her bathroom mirror that said, Jesus is my husband. And me and my sister would just sit and laugh at her about that and make fun of it. And we just honestly thought that the whole thing was a joke.
1: Wow. Now tell me about the day that in your life that you yourself got lulled into marijuana use.
0: So my sister used marijuana with her friends. And so she made it seem as if it was something that was fun, normal, desirable. And I, like I said, wanted to be like her. So when she was doing it, I found the opportunity to try it with her.
1: Wow. So what was that like that first time you took it?
0: Yeah, the first time I tried marijuana, it made me laugh. Me and my sister got along. It was like we were best friends. Everything was great. Everything was funny. I loved it because then there it was, you know, I'm fitting in with my sister. Everything is like puzzle pieces going together in that moment.
1: Yeah. It's like it gave you this false sense of like, oh, it gave me everything I've ever wanted. Yeah. Wow. Now I understand you hated being alone because of an inner emptiness you were trying to fill. Tell us about that. Like, Why did you hate so much being alone when you were younger?
0: So my sister had also told me that she had started to throw up after she ate. And this goes right along the lines with wanting to, you know, look really good. And I listened to her example on that and I started doing it also.
1: Like bulimia, like basically trying to lose calories so you can be skinny.
0: Yeah. And so when I was alone, that's what I would do. It became an addiction where I would just eat and throw up, eat and throw up. And so I really, really hated being alone because when I was alone, it was like, I just didn't even know what to do with myself. And the one thing that I had learned what to do was, oh, I can go eat, throw up.
1: Wow, man. So you're kind of like, as you're growing up, you're just living this lifestyle, trying to get acceptance. But I understand weed opened you to many different pathways into your life to meet other people. Like you met other people who did marijuana too. And I even understand it attracted you to your first husband. Tell us about that.
0: So once I started doing marijuana, I obviously met a lot of people that did it also. And one of those people was my now ex-husband. I met him when I was 19 years old. Mm. And I glorified him beyond what should have been for a human being. He was really charismatic. He was really attractive. He was funny. <laughs> and he was a little bit older than me. And I was young. I wanted somebody you know, to do drugs with and have fun with and party with. That was how I met him.
1: It was through marijuana.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it was through marijuana. And unfortunately, when I met him, you know, I was so blinded by just my wanting somebody that, you know, did the drugs and was funny and good looking that I just overlooked the fact that like he had five kids and he was being really irresponsible and like cheating on his child's mom with me. It was just a bad situation
1: to start out. Let me ask you a question, though, going back to the beginning. When you started meeting other people who did marijuana, they really accepted you, didn't they? Yes. How did it feel like, because you never were accepted before, did that solidify your need for drugs, do you think? Was that like, hey, this equals acceptance? Yes, yeah. How does that work? Do you think for a lot of people getting into marijuana use and drug use, do you think that's something similar there?
0: I do. I think a lot of young people and teenagers especially don't really know who they are. I know I certainly didn't. Hmm. and are kind of looking for their place in the world and then when you know you meet people that do drugs all of a sudden it's like you have a family now it's really dysfunctional and everybody's using each other but it's still people and it's almost like a family to be around
1: now i understand that it was like a family but then it became a broken family and later on you met another man who was introducing you to something worse crack cocaine is that right
0: Yes, he introduced me to crack cocaine and heroin. He lied about being 14 years older than me.
1: Wow. He
0: was also very charismatic and funny. He made me laugh. And then it turned out that he was like a lifelong crack cocaine and heroin addict. Wow. And instead of directing me to never do those things because they had destroyed his life, He directed me to do them and he introduced me to smoking crack on a regular basis and also IV heroin
1: use. Now, I understand that it was like kind of casual drug use, but it became so addicting that you started manipulating people to attain money and drugs using charm or sex. Tell us about that.
0: Yeah. So, I, after my drug use started to get worse and I was really into the heroin and crack cocaine you know, what do you do when you don't have any money, but you need drugs? Well, the one thing I did have was my body, my charm, my sex appeal.
1: Yeah.
0: So I learned to use that and to manipulate men to give me drugs.
1: So you kind of knew what you're doing in this moment because you really needed those drugs so bad. Yes. But I understand that that really led to some really horrendous situations that really turned on you. So let's stop here. As I want to hear more about how things got really bad and it put you into such an uncomfortable situation due to the need for getting more drugs. Thanks so much for revealing the truth about how this life has a facade of fun, but it can be really toxic. Thanks so much, Catherine. Thank you. Hang on. I have some deep thoughts for you right after the break. Listen, my friend, you are in a spiritual battle, and there's a spiritual battle right now for the soul of our nation. The Bible says we overcome the power of the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimonies. And friend, I need your help spreading this show to all 50 states all across the USA, and that takes money to broadcast in each city. You can help by being a stable monthly giver of our ministry, Awakening the Nations. We are a ministry who is committed to preaching the gospel all across the world. Partner by going to awakeninthenations.com and we believe America shall be saved. Welcome back to the show. We're gonna go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? To me, this is interesting how Catherine came to the point of using her body, her charm, to get drugs that she was hooked on as a young girl. A simple move of peer pressure when Catherine was younger, which is acceptance from peers, was everything at that time. But look what it did. Isn't that such a crazy thing to look back upon? How something so silly as trying to please others, could be the very power that would cause her to compromise her values, her body, and to become drug addicted. Wow. It's amazing how things can happen from needing acceptance from others. And for Catherine, in ancient scripture, it warns about this very thing. It's written in Proverbs 29.25. The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. It's so important to understand that the reason why Catherine gave into drugs when she was younger was because she was afraid of what others might think of her if she had said no. Imagine going back to that moment. Think about this. How many young people, or even older, feel the same way? The truth is, we are afraid of men. What men think of us, what men will say, what men will do if we're not agreeable or say no. Could you imagine if Catherine had known the Lord at a young age? If she wouldn't have gotten ensnared by this drug addiction, and you're going to hear how bad it got. It got really bad, guys. But imagine how her life would be. What about you? Do you have the fear of man? Do you fear what others think of you if you were not to join them in something you don't feel comfortable with? Father God, I'm praying right now that you give us a revelation how to not have the fear of man, but rather to trust in you, Lord God, to be able to stand up for principles, for values, to trust in you and not put our trust in others. So Lord, we take time to readjust and to trust in you. We ask for this in Jesus' mighty name. I hope you're blessed by this testimony. And I know that your life was touched. If you need prayer, please give us a call at 877-480-4477.
0: That's 877-480-4477. See you next time.